Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. So I want to begin a new series this morning. I've just been on my heart and it has actually coincided with the turmoil that's going on in the world. And so I think it's best to address issues that are current day issues. Amen. We, we don't want to be addressing issues that happened last century. Uh, a prophetic church means that your, your finger is on the pulse of what God is doing today. Prophetic means we're up to date with the heart of God. You know, if you hear somebody saying, oh, that was a prophetic song or a prophetic word, what does that mean? It means something that's come directly from the heart of God. That's what a prophetic anointing means. It means we're hearing God's heartbeat, we're hearing what he's saying, and we're hooking into that and connecting to that, and therefore you become relevant. You don't become relevant because of the cool clothes you wear. You don't become relevant because something's in style. You become relevant because you have a now word from God. Can I hear an amen this morning? You know, you're up to date. And uh, Moses said about the people of God, uh, when, when um, he was talking uh, about guys who were prophesying in the camp illegally, and Moses said, I wish that all of God's people would be prophets. And you know what the New Testament says? I wish that you'd all prophesy. So what we're saying is that God's raising up a people of the Spirit. Come on. A people who understand how and, and, and who the Holy Spirit is and how He moves within our lives. And when we connect to that, we become relevant to address the major issues that are in our society today. So listen to this verse from the psalmist, chapter 18. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation. The Lord is my strong hold. Hallelujah. God's goal and God's plan for our lives is that Jesus Christ would become the stronghold. What's a stronghold? It's literally a stronghold. <laughs> Over your life. Is that, that's, that's the English and that's the Greek. And that can be the Hebrew as well. It means a, that means God's got a strong hold of your life. That God's got a grip on your life and you've got a grip on God. He has become your stronghold. Look at the words he uses. The Lord is my strength. He's my rock. He's my fortress. And my deliverer, this isn't some wispy tree blowing in the wind, scared of its branches breaking off. This is someone who's dug into God. This is somebody who knows who God is in their life, and they know that He is not going to be moved. We shall not, we shall not be moved. We're going to be like a tree planted by the waterside, growing, putting our roots down, relying on God because He is the stronghold of our life. Now, unfortunately, things happen in our life that we don't plan for. Things happen in our lives that just come upon our radar screen suddenly. You know, we have suddenly moments in our life. You've all had a suddenly moment uh, within your life, your relationships, maybe your health. Things have happened in your workplace, the marketplace, and it suddenly has come and it's changed the game plan for you. 
that everything is not the same anymore. And we have these things in our lives called emotions. You know what emotions love to do? Emote. <laughs> emotions love to emote. Isn't that deep? I'm getting real deep this morning. Emotions love to emote, but emotions have powerful responses within the human being. And sometimes negative, destructive, and powerful emotions gain a strong hold over our lives and they cause us to respond in a way that is not Christ-like and they cause the road for our life to be very difficult. And if you're struggling with emotional strongholds today, let me tell you, some people that are connected to you are struggling with you. <laughs> things like frustration, things like fear, fear of the future, fear of the present, things like depression, anger, discouragement. These are strong negative emotions that can easily become a stronghold. I'm not talking about just having a bad day or a bad hair day. I'm talking about you feel trapped inside these emotions that are pushing and pulling your life all over the place and you just don't feel like you're stable in your life anymore. So we're going to tackle some other things in this series. I'm going to look at anxiety. Did you know that we're now living amongst the most anxious generation that's ever walked the planet? Right now, millennials are being plagued with anxiety. It's like a modern-day disease that is crippling young people's lives. So we're going to tackle anxiety. We're going to tackle people strongholds in our lives. Very hard to cast out that person from your life, especially if you're married to them. Come on now. I cast out that spirit of viv, it won't go. It won't go, it just keeps hanging around. <laughs> We're going to talk about the stronghold of addictions. We're going to talk about curses in the weeks to come. But today I want to pre-warn you with the message that I've got. I felt that the punchline of my message needed another message on its own. So rather than try and pack a whole lot into one message, I'm going to break today's message at the end. So when you're at the end and I hit the pause button, no stoning me, all right? You'll have to come back next week for the full answer to what we're talking about today. You know, strongholds of emotions, they're like, they make you feel like a dish rag, like you're on a roller coaster, up and down, round the corner, Round the bend, you go with these type of emotions, and they can make you feel like a ragdoll. These destructive, powerful, negative emotions within your life, not to mention those that are connected to you in your home, your families, your workplace. Uh, when people start giving you funny looks, you'll know that perhaps there's an emotion that you're struggling with that they're struggling with as well, because you're struggling with it. And you haven't got a handle on it. So I want to look at three aspects to the emotional strongholds today as we lay a platform for this. I want to start off by talking about what causes emotional strongholds within our life. Now all of you should have a smoke detector in your house. You should have more than one if you're living in a safe house. 
You need to check those batteries if they're battery operated. You need to check if they're power operated, that they have a battery backup on some of those smoke detectors. Now, when that smoke detector goes off, don't you go and get your hammer and try and silence that annoying, piercing sound with a couple of blows to get rid of the noise. Don't you run around putting your hands over your ears, trying to get rid of that noise. What should you do if your smoke detector goes off? Run to the smoke detector and have a look at why it's going off? Come on, what should we be doing? We should be looking why the smoke detector has gone off. All right, don't take a hammer to it. Don't get vicious with it. You know, often that's what we do, especially with the battery runs. Oh, the smoke detector's gone off. And so I'll go and pull the smoke detector off the ceiling. And why have you gone off? It probably went off because there was smoke. And where there's smoke, there's normally fire. Come on. And if there's a fire, then you need to deal with the fire. And it's a little bit like the warning light that comes on in your dashboard in your car. Don't kick that dashboard and try and put that warning light out and smash your dashboard up because you hate seeing that warning light on your dashboard. What do you need to do? You need to pull over. You need to pull and open the hood and you need to lift up the bonnet and see why the warning light has gone on. And what a smoke detector is and what a warning light in a car dashboard is, so too are emotions to your soul. They are letting you know something needs attention. Don't get angry at your emotions. Don't you take that hammer to those emotions when you start to emote. <laughs> uh, you need to actually have a look. Why am I feeling the way that I'm feeling? And when we begin to tackle that and understand that, then we can begin to make some progress within our lives. It's like sometimes you don't want to ask the question. Actually, there's a nice way of asking it. It's like, are you okay, honey? <laughs> don't ask what's wrong. Because this is what you get. Nothing. Anyone ask that question, what's wrong? Nothing. And you know jolly well that something is wrong. So nothing's not going to fix the problem. But that's what we do sometimes when we say nothing and we're boiling away with rage or anger or discouragement on the inside and we're trying to ignore it. And we normally do one of two things. We suppress it, which is open denial. Suppressing these emotions and pushing them down with a conscious mind is what denial is. So we handle it by just pushing it down. Get down their anger. Get down their anxiety. Or we repress it, which is like a subconscious denial of our emotions by repressing our emotions instead of actually looking at them in the face and asking ourselves the question, why have you gone off? What is going on inside your life that's caused you to feel the way that you are? If you go to the doctor, the doctor will say, what can I, why are you here today? What can I do for you? 
And then you will most likely tell him how you feel. I'm feeling like this, and we're terrible now. I'm terrible. Dr. Google is my friend. So I'll give him, you know, I'll give him the answer, you know, and, and, then, I, and then he'll say, oh, have you been looking at Google lately? And I say, oh, oh, yes, I have, actually. We're just the worst at that, especially men. You know, we'll go to Dr. Google before we'll go to the real doctor. But the doctor will not be satisfied with what you have told him you are feeling. If he's a good doctor, he will prod, he will poke, he will biopsy you, he will x-ray you, he will do something that will try and tell him what the real reason is as to why you are feeling the way that you are feeling. Come on, is anybody home today? You see, emotions are designed to let you know that something is not quite right. I'm talking about negative emotions this morning. And so I want to talk today in this first part about what causes these emotional strongholds. And I want you to get ready for this. Are you ready for this? The number one reason, if it's not tied to a physiological condition in your body, that we have emotional strongholds is because of sin. Now, I know, I can feel, I can feel the hairs on the back of your neck rising right now. So, as I said before, I'm not just talking about having a bad day. I'm talking about being trapped in negative, very strong emotions that are regularly rising up within your life. So before you get too negative on me, let me finish with this. It's either your sin, another human being's sin, towards you, or what we could call atmospheric sin, which is not a new doctrine, but the Bible says that the world is governed by the evil one. And we have a worldly system that's ruined and at the rack and ruin of sin and sinful behavior. That you're around it so much that it starts impinging and affecting your life and affecting your emotions. So I'm talking about something that I may have done. I'm talking about that something that somebody else has sinned against me. I'm talking about the atmosphere that you may be living in and, and, and you're struggling with that atmosphere and as a result of that, it's affected you emotionally. So let's look at the word... And let's get some verification from the Word this morning. Who wants the Word today? So if we go back to the beginning, we understand that God placed Adam and Eve in a perfect environment. There was not one negative emotion smoke alarm going off in the Garden of Eden. It was a beautiful place. God looked at it and He said, this is good. When He created man, He said, this is very good. And in that atmosphere... A polluting power and force was released, slithering upon the ground, called the serpent. And we're going to take a look at what happened in the garden that destroyed that perfect environment. Genesis 3, 7. Then the eyes of both of them were opened. This is after they partook of the forbidden fruit. The eyes of both of them were naked, open and they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Now that's a completely different story to what we just read in the chapter before. In the chapter before, chapter 2, verse 25, they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Come on, church. A powerful negative emotion was unleashed in the garden that we now know as shame. 
that cripples so many people's lives, the shame of secret things that have either been done to you or that you have done that you hope nobody ever finds out about. And now they were naked and they were ashamed and they sewed fig leaves together to cover their nakedness. Woo. Wow. Let's investigate further. Verse 8 of chapter 3. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves. Instead of running to their daily appointment with God in the cool of the day, they were now hiding. Emotions are powerful. They direct your footsteps. They cause you to avoid people. They cause you to avoid places. Am I talking to somebody here this morning? These emotions have the power to direct our steps and change the schedules and the course of our lives. And instead of meeting with God in the cool of the day and having fellowship with God, they ran from God and they hid. What else happened? They hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? Where are you, Adam? Have you ever noticed how powerful emotions keep you from your prayer time? They keep you from opening that good book, the Holy Bible. They keep you from having any contact with the Lord because of what you're experiencing. So you shut down and you shut yourself off from God and you shut yourself off from people. So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid. Fear had entered the human race. We have shame. Now we have fear. Two powerful, destructive emotions that have entered humanity and are beginning to affect. I was naked and I hid myself. Let's go on to chapter 4. Adam and Eve had two sons, Cain and Abel. Verse 3, And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain. Listen to this. Watch this. And Cain was very angry. The first time that anger is mentioned in the Bible and Cain was very angry and his countenance fell, which is another expression for depression. So we have now have a man who's very angry and he's depressed. So what have we got? We've got shame. We've got fear. Anger. Depression. They've suddenly entered the human race and they are now impacting man's relationship with God and man's relationship with man. Because Cain went on to murder his brother Abel as a result. Now let me, I want you to show you something here because this is very, very powerful. If you see this, you may see this maybe for the first time as you understand uh, what is going on here. And God goes on to say in verse 6 of chapter 4, So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your countenance fallen? He addresses the emotions. He addresses the emotions. He's addressing what's going on inside of Cain's life, inside of his heart. And then he gives this advice. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door 
Did you hear that? And its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Here's the point. Until we master sin, we will not master our emotions. Hmm. That's what I thought. So the cause of emotional strongholds is somebody's sin within the atmosphere of the world that we live in today. So this leads to my second point. The three categories or the three roots that we have of emotional strongholds. The first one is that our emotional strongholds are often rooted in the pain of the past. We are so vulnerable as children. Children are soft and malleable. Their hearts are so uh, prone to having emotional damage done to our souls as kids. Abuse, rape, victimized, traumatic experiences. And what actually takes place as we grow up, there's a groove that takes place in your mind of that emotional pain that you've suffered in your younger years. And what happens then is that the devil puts a tape recording, or should I say a digital recording if we're in the modern day. He places a recording of past events and the pain of those events. And you know what he does? He sits on the replay button. And he replays it over and over and over again until that group gets so deep that the devil then adds lanes. And so you've got eight, an eight-lane highway going through your brain and your emotions where the devil is just working you over on the pain of your past emotional experiences and you become trapped and they become a stronghold within you. Man, and Satan makes sure. We can try and forget it and we've got expert ways of trying to forget our pain. Have we not? We've got expert ways of trying to forget our pain but you know, when the devil knows that it hurts you, you know what he does? He digs in and he'll do everything he can to remind you of that past pain and bring it back to your attention so that you just get focused on it and you just end up walking around as a wounded soldier. Whew. You know, if anyone had, should have lived a dysfunctional life, it was Joseph. Man, here he is, the sunshine boy, the father's pet, the, the, colored, the multicolored coat, telling on his big brothers, skiding to them about the great visions that he had. You know, how unwise was he? I've had a dream. One day you're all going to bow down to me. Yeah? Oh, well, you got another thing coming. Get over here, boy. And then they ended up, you know, grabbing him. They end up manhandling him and they end up selling him to slave traders. You think you're somebody, boy, now what are you going to say? Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> so Joseph gets sold into another country and nation. And then he's framed by a beautiful woman because he won't sleep with her. He has integrity in his life. And because he won't sleep with her, she cries, wolf. He, he tried to rape me. He tried to rape me. Here's his jacket. And then he gets sent to prison for 13 years. All through his 20s, he lost his 20s. He came out and found cafes filled with smartphones. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, if anyone had reason 
If anyone had reason to live a dysfunctional life, Joseph had reason. And we see how much the pain of those past experiences affected him. Because when his brothers rolled up because of the famine, and he recognized that these were the ones that actually sold him, these are the ones that caused him to be in a prison for 13 years. You would think he would want to exact some kind of revenge. Do you know what he did? He was so bored up with the emotions. The Bible says that he went and, he went and hid away in a room and he wept bitterly. He got all those negative poison out of his life and he wept bitterly. And he wiped his eyes and he came back and talked to his brothers. And we're going to find out next week, next week, we're going to find out next week, <laughs> we're going to find out how we can be just like Joseph and not allow the poisonous things that happen within our life to destroy us and lock us up and put us under lock and key, trapping us in this emotional prison within our life. And we're going to find out the keys of the kingdom that Jesus Christ gave to us to overcome negative emotional turmoil within our lives. Praise God. The second reason or category of emotional strongholds is in the, in the present. Something's happening right now in your life. Something's happening today. Something's come up recently and it's getting under your skin. Things have happened. Things have been said. Things that people have taken action and it's causing you disturbance and it's causing you to emote these negative emotions. You know, the Apostle Paul is going to be one of the first guys I get a chance to have a nice long chat because eternity is a long time. We've got a bit of time. It's not like you have a 15-minute cafe appointment. I can sit down with Paul maybe for a year or two and just have a chat with him about how come a man who suffered such incredible damaging external forces against his life could be such a positive person. Don't you ever wonder that? Let me just read to you his CV. From 2 Corinthians 11, verse 23. Are they servants of Christ? I know I sound like a madman, but I have served Jesus far more. I've worked harder, been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number. Been whipped times without number. Faced death again and again. Five different times Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, not as we know it. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I've travelled on many long journeys. I've faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I've faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as the Gentiles. I've faced danger in the cities and the deserts and on the seas. I've faced danger from men who claim to be believers, but they're not. Ooh. I've worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I've been hungry and thirsty and had often gone without food. I've shivered in the cold without having enough clothing to keep me warm. Then besides all of this, I have the daily burden of my concern for all the churches. And you thought you were having a bad day. Wow. Paul was saying, Paul was saying, you want to talk to me about your life? Let me tell you about my life. Every day I've faced hardship. Every day I've faced dangers. Every day there's been threats against my life. People have tried to literally snuff my candle out. They've tried to extinguish the flame of God within my life. But you know, we know that Paul got beaten and left for dead. They actually thought they killed him. And you know what the Bible says? The next day he got up and walked into town. Come on. He was like a noxious weed. You could not kill him. And yet, and yet, 
He retained such an incredible attitude within his life without getting buried in all the, why me, God? You know, we often, we often have a pity party and invite people to share with us in our pity party. And it's okay to have people around you to encourage you, but not to join you in your woe, but to understand that you can break the power of these negative, destructive emotions within your life, and they do not have to rule you. The last category this morning is emotional strongholds caused by fear of the future. You get scared. What if I get cancer? What if one of my children dies before me? What if I have a heart attack? What if I get the coronavirus? What if, what if, and we live our lives in fear. Jesus told us in Matthew 6, 34, not to be anxious for tomorrow because today's got enough problems of its own. That's what he told us. He's told us to live in the present and not allow the future and the fear of the future to bind us and paralyze us moving forward in Jesus' name. You know, so here we have pain of the past. We have pain of the present. We have pain in the future. Now, you may have one of those things bothering you today. God help you today if you've got all three on your plate. Because you are being held hostage by these emotions and Jesus wants to free you. Praise God. He wants to break you out of that prison. And we're going to see more on that next week. Hallelujah. So it does raise the question, what's the cure? We've seen what the disease is today. And today you may be saying, well, Pastor James, I'm tired of feeling like that dish rag, just being wrung out all the time, day in, day out. I'm scared in the morning. I'm angry at lunchtime. And I'm depressed at night. <laughs> I want some answers because, you know, if we don't get answers, you know what happens? We revert to other methodology to get around the negative emotions that we're experiencing because we have to survive, we have to go to work, we have to run our homes, we have to uh, be on point. And yet many times we're, we're dancing with these negative emotions, trying to run away from them, trying to bring comfort to our uncomfortable situation. So can I just say this as a, as a little bit of a taster for next week? We know that we can't cure these negative emotions by denying they exist. You go to the doctor and he tells you, I want you to say to you three times to yourself every day, I don't have cancer, even though you've just been diagnosed with cancer. Is that going to help you to live? No, it's not. No, it's not. We've got to face up to what is actually happening in our present reality, and then we need to find answers. Don't deny it. Don't suppress it. Don't repress it. Don't push it down. Don't pretend it's not happening. As much as you say, I don't have cancer when you've been diagnosed with cancer, that is not going to help your situation. We can't lie our way out of our emotional strongholds. You go off the handle and then you just share a little white lie. You know, there's no difference between white lies and black lies. A lie is a lie, and a lie makes a liar. And we can often lie to people, even the people that we love, to lie our way around our behavior of the negative emotions. Lying your way out of it, that's not going to get it. Nor will you overcome your emotional strongholds today by overriding them. This is what we also do. We try and find something more powerful to distract you from the way that you're feeling. Hello. 
It might distract you, but it doesn't deal with it. And so sitting down and vegging out to an eight-episode series on Netflix is not going to make those negative emotions disappear. Hello. Or you're feeling down and you do the grocery shopping. And right now, guess what's in the grocery stores? Easter's coming up. And you see all those bunnies. And you see all the different ways that they're building chocolate castles these days. And you think, that's what I need. That's going to help me get my mind off what's happening within my life. So you buy three giant Easter eggs and you promise that you'll only eat a quarter of them every day. (laughs) And you open the first one and you take the wrapping off the first one. (laughs) Out of the mouth of babes. And you destroy that and you say, right, I'm going to have another one. And then you feel sick afterwards and you go, why did I do that? Do you know why you did it? Because you were trying to bring comfort in an uncomfortable situation. And you were trying to help yourself and all you end up doing is becoming comfortably sick. (laughs) Or sometimes uncomfortably sick. So nor do we uh, deal with emotional strongholds by avoiding things that bring them up. Let me just give you a little insight into next week. There's a key in all of this, and I want you to hear me before we finish. Emotions are dumb. Emotions don't have intellect. Emotions have to borrow thoughts in order to operate. Hello. You trace your emotions back to a thought or a series of thought in order to get to the source of why you're feeling the way that you are. And so next week, we're going to look in depth on how we can track and trace and get to the root of why we're emoting the way that we are and find some keys that Jesus himself gave us on how we can conquer this. Sure, we're all still going to have bad days, but you're not going to have bad months. You're not going to have bad years if you follow the advice of the Word of God. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. The truth shall set you free, Jesus said. So we need the truth. We need to know how to apply the truth. We need to know how to get these cancerous thoughts and roots of these negative emotions that are crippling us and release them out of our lives. Friends, here's the, tr- here's the reality as I finish on this. Whoever is controlling your thoughts gets to control your emotions. Whoever's controlling your thoughts gets to control your emotions. Ever felt like a puppet on a string at times within your life? Somebody else is pulling the strings. Well, I want to tell you, Jesus said this about the devil. He's a liar 
and he's the father of all lies. And part of the victory that march that we're going to get within our lives is learning how to discern the lies of the devil that he's been sowing into your life that's caused you to feel so destructive, that's caused you to feel so negative within your life, that's caused you to feel like there is no hope, there is no future for my life, because we're going to unmask the lies of the devil. And we're going to, ever seen what it's like when you come in? I know ladies hate this. I actually don't mind them. They're not my friends. But you ever walked into a kitchen or into a place at night and you turn the light on and suddenly you see the cockroaches Viv hates cockroaches when we expose the lies we expose the light to those little critters called cockroaches that are floating around in our heads we get to see them scatter when we turn on the light of God's word and we get set free in Jesus' name. Let's all stand as we pray and finish.